This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, Somebody who I thought, um, and you highlighted this perfectly, I thought, in your draft profile write-up of Quentin Johnson was, uh, this is a player that, uh, you know, in in a draft full of small guys, this is a a big, you know, prototypical X receiver in Quentin Johnson, uh, Johnston. Um, and, And I don't know. He's got some holes in his game, obviously, and I think the biggest one to me is he he's not a great contested catch guy. Um, so we start this conversation by saying, look, the guy had three drops. Okay, he ran 11 routes. He saw six targets and three catches for 10 yards and a touchdown. The three, you know, incompletes or whatever you want to say uh, of the six targets were drops uh, and one was really bad, right? Yeah. So, I don't know, Matt. You go back and you you you're always the guy that says, "Hey, drops don't matter. Drops don't matter." But in Quentin Johnson's Johnston's case, can we say in this particular case that maybe the drops do matter, or are you still sticking with that? I mean, for one, the take is not drops don't matter. It's that drops are a little overstated when you do everything else well. Um, like I don't care that Stefan Diggs drops like D or DK Metcalf. Great example. I don't care DK Metcalf drops like eight to ten passes a year because he's DK Metcalf, right? Uh, right. You know, right. I don't care. Um, so that's just, that's just that. Like the Jamar Chase dropping passes in preseason, right? Like, yeah, right, right. And right, and that's right. the thing. Like, okay, if you are out on Twitter, like I remember when we were banging on. Uh, Jamar Chase for drop issues. I remember in preseason when Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football. Like so, Quinton <laughs> Johnson is going to be fine. Yeah. Maybe Quinton Johnson is going to be fine, but you're still an idiot for saying that because this is not, like that Jamar Chase stuff was never ever ever like a part of his game. Okay, like the guy was a contested catch maven in college. Yeah, he has great hand technique and stuff. This this stuff with um, Quinton Johnston is a continuation of what was happening with him as a collegiate player. Mm. Like this is, these were issues on his game film uh, in any profile you read about him at TCU period. So that's a stupid comparison right there. Um, 8.1% drop rate for uh, Quinton Johnson in his reception perception sample from TCU 46.2% contested catch rate. Oh, Quinton Johnston. And I know he wasn't dealing with good quarterback play, Maybe some of those passages could have been straight up better, but you don't watch that player and not and come away thinking like, ah, he's got to get better in contested situations. He's got to get better about extending his hands. He's got to get better about timing his leaps and timing when he throws those hands up and not just trying right. to body catch in tight coverage because he's got a big wingspan because he's got the potential to do it. And by the way, the Chargers and people watching Chargers practice couldn't go a day without putting like some highlight Quinton Johnston extending his hands catch up in training camp and mini camp and all this stuff. So, you know, he can do Uh it. 
but then he gets into the games and like real football adjacent, right? What we're talking yep. about with preseason and mm-hmm. these issues crop back up. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's like, oh, he's, it's over for him or this is bad, right? Like that's crazy. But this is this is a concern that has he has dealt with even when he was a high-level collegiate uh, football player. I, I think it's worth wondering, like, can he exercise these demons because let me tell you what, if he can, there is a lot of really, uh, like a lot of really good stuff here uh, for Quinton Johnson beyond that, and really important stuff that the Los Angeles Chargers need. But he just has to become more reliable, and he has to, and he has to get some of this stuff out of his system, especially in contested situations. Especially in contested situations, I don't care if like he drops, he can drop eight percent of his targets every year, and I really don't care. Like I, right. I don't care. I straight up don't care about that. Like he can, they can throw him a third down pass and he can clank that thing off his hands. Even if he had like a mile to run and break tackles and do all the yak stuff that he's really good about. And I don't care. But if he can't exercise the contested catch demons, the tight coverage demons, yeah, that is going to be a problem for him. Well, it's, it's a huge problem, especially considering where he's going to operate, right? When you're talking about a 6'3", 210-pound X receiver who's got a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, don't know what his 40 time is, but it's fast. It's fast for his size. Yeah, he's fast. Um, uh, you know, this is going to be a guy that gets vertical on you. Well, guess what? In the NFL, uh, it, this is not the Big 12, guys. <laughs> okay, this is not the Big 12. All right. In the NFL, there's going to be tight coverage deep down the field almost every single play. So when you start talking about um, by the way, we call them 50-50 balls when we're talking about contested catch, are we not? And you're telling me he's got a 42% contested catch rate in college? Brother, that to me is a uh, a huge, I don't know, man. That's a huge problem for me, man. I, I don't know. That, that, that makes me a little bit worried about Quentin Johnson, bro. Like, is he going to be a situational player? Like, I think that's worth asking, right? Is he going to be a reliable enough guy that you're going to throw 130 to 140 targets to him at some point in the season? Like, these are the these are the issues that, yeah, he's not, he's not going to wash out of the league because of this stuff, right? He, he's not going to be a no. bad player because of this stuff. Because I'll tell you what, like, there are signs and signals in his reception perception profile that he can actually be a really good route runner and like a really big, like a good separator. Um, his work on slant routes was awesome. His work on go routes was really good. Mm. His work on like post routes and cornerbacks were pretty solid as well. Um, but man, again, there are, there's some improvements that need to be happening in intermediate areas for him, but you know, he's not too dissimilar to uh, a guy like Brandon Ayuk. And you know, I love Brandon Ayuk in in the NFL, but in, in college, he was a guy who kind of struggled in that intermediate area. He was a guy who kind of struggled as like a traditional outside route runner. Um, but he was great yak player. Uh, he didn't have the same contested catch issues, but like we know that once I, got it down because he showed the signs and signals that he had like the fluidity and the athleticism to be a good route runner when he put the work in to become like a craftsman at the position. Now yeah. I think he's like the most underrated route runner in the NFL, like period. I think he's the most underrated receiver overall in the NFL. He's in that tier to me. Um, I I think that Quinton Johnson could get there from a separation perspective, but like the hand stuff just, it it has to get better. And and they'll do some things, James. I think he's not going to play X receiver really for this Chargers team this year because Mike Williams is still there. Like when right. Mike Williams is on the field, he's going to be the X receiver for this team. 
I don't care about all these headlines, but oh, they're moving him into the slot. Okay, sure. Uh, he's going to be the extra <laughs> for the most part for this team. But like, they can put Quinton Johnston off the line. They can use him as a flanker. They can move him around pre-snap and get him like gadgety touches and stuff like that. But yeah, right. if he's going to reach his ceiling. Yeah, except what they did at TCU. But if he's going to reach his ceiling and be like a high, if he is going to be a high-level number one receiver, it probably will have to be at X at some point. And I think these issues are going to have to get fixed. So again, the the Chargers spent a you know top twenty five pick uh, on Quentin Johnson. Um, you know he's a first round player. Uh, he, he's got the the size and, and athleticism that will make your jaw drop. Uh, I tell you, you turn on some of his highlights over at TCU, and man, when he just gets a full head of steam going, you're like, there's no stopping this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's this massive player, and he's just flying. You know, it's great. Uh, this is what the great Lance Zerline for wrote for NFL.com. Uh, in regards to Quentin Johnston, doesn't meet throws with desired arm extension and inconsistent finishing catches through contact. Again, these are just these are concerns uh, that uh, are in his collegiate profile. And then when they talk to a a anonymous NFC scout, um, you know, this is what he said, quote, he's got some freak athleticism in him. He's going to test great, but the hands are a concern. So, yeah. Um, when you start talking about the drops, I, I think, you know, that's that's something that certainly you would have liked to see improved a, a touch um, here in that first preseason look. And and to Matt's point, the fact that the arm extension thing is is such a is such an obvious it's it's so obvious the lack of arm extension, Matt, uh, in regards to this guy's game that, you know, people are, are writing about it on the regular. Right. And that's what we saw in that first preseason game in that drop. He just, he didn't yeah. extend the arms and that's why he couldn't come down with that pass. That's a problem. I'll tell you what, I think I'll make a prediction right now. Quinton Johnston is going to be the most interesting player when we come, when it comes time to do the in-season reception perception rookie report or like, mm. I'm I'm charting the first like three games of Quinton Johnson, right? Uh, for for the in season <laughs> charting we're doing on the okay. site, I'll make that prediction right now because, uh, which by the way is I'm the one who decides that. So what a stupid like yeah, that there's a prediction that I control <laughs> the outcome too. But you get my yeah. point. I just think he's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah, a really yeah, important yeah. player to to look at very early on in the NFL because um, I think there's a chance that like Josh Palmer, who you not a you know I'm not a big big fan of Josh Palmer's game, but not at all. Uh, like, I don't think he stinks, but I just don't think he has like a very high ceiling. I think he was like a problematic figure for the Chargers last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's the third receiver ahead of Quinton Johnson to start the season because Johnson's oh having these issues and he ha was oh having drop issues in practice. And uh, like, it's all again, it's all a continuation of the same stuff. So could they be like, all right, we're going to just have Josh Palmer be the third receiver to start this off. And like Quinton Johnson is like a situational fourth guy. Um, how is he doing in those situational fourth snaps I think will be really important and then how he progresses and, and if he's showing the route running signs and if he's showing like all right when they throw him the ball is it reliable um, I think he's because he, he could be a guy that like is a fantasy football league winner in the second half of the year he's hmm. someone that really is a key to the Chargers you know being a different offense like, like if they're going to throw the football downfield and like everybody wants them to this year they're not doing that to Austin Eckler a hundred times again. They're not doing that to Keenan Allen like for 140 targets or 130 targets again. Like, and Mike Williams is not a separation. I mean, he's better than people think, but he's not a separation guy. Like, and it's not right. Josh Palmer. Like, it's going to have to be Quinton Johnston 
and he's just got to have a better like his preseason two and preseason three games. Like I think they just like we got to see some better signals to be like, all right, this guy's going to be a day one starter for this team in 11 personnel. You talk about Joshua Palmer. Can I throw another name out there? Uh, how about Jalen Guyton? Remember him? Uh, he got injured in that first game with the Chargers. He was supposed to be the guy that took the lid off. He was supposed to be the lid lifter uh, for this Chargers offense. Um, again, you talk about situational deep threat guy. That's Jalen Guyton, 100 um, percent. He's got familiarity with the quarterback. He's got familiarity with the, the Chargers as a team. It's not it's a little bit concerning, I would say, when you're talking about a first round draft pick with an incredible athletic profile. How much is he going to be on the field? I'm, 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 I'm asking this question dead serious. Joshua Palmer, Jalen Guyton, how much are these guys going to eat into a first-round draft pick's snap count at least early in the season? And and to be fair, too, these rookie receivers, a lot of times, man, it takes a little bit of time to mature into their full right. game, you know? So, um, so I think that's at least fair, especially in the early part of the season. You know, you talk about that in-season, you know, um, charting that you're going to be doing for Quentin Johnston. Boy, I tell you... I, I'll be more interested to see what he looks like in the early part of the season versus the 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 back half of the season, and that's totally. that's true with, with all rookies, right? A lot of these rookies got to you know uh, they've got to age like a little bit like fine wine, man. They got to get used to that game speed, all those kind of kind of things. But I wouldn't be to your point. I would not be surprised if the Chargers turned around and said, "Hey, listen, um, Joshua Palmer is going to be in some situational you know snaps, Jalen Guyton." is going to be in some situational snaps. And we know they're not taking off Keenan Allen. We know they're not most likely not taking out Mike Williams. Um, it's probably going to be Quentin Johnston if we're talking about 11 personnel. You know what I mean? And, and then and, and what happens What happens if they feel this way and then like Mike Williams or Keenan Allen who have had injury issues of late get hurt? Like mm. they need – that's what I'm just saying. Like even if they think they can sprinkle this guy in, at some point they're going to need him. And, you know, again, I, 85th percentile, 74.8% success rate versus man coverage in college for Quinton Johnson. It wasn't the full route tree, but he just showed an ability to get open and get separation. And you watch the Chargers last year and they need someone to get open and get separation, especially once, especially when those other guys were missing. But even once they were back, they needed like a, a high level separator like that it, even just if it's on you know deep routes and and crossing routes and, and slant routes and stuff like that yeah i i look i i want to i want to bet on quinton johnson i just think like don't be surprised if like he's exactly like james said that it takes a little longer than than we're thinking for him to get up to speed uh especially because he's just being it's it's the, the old demons from his college days haunting him yeah. right now yeah yeah no doubt um i, I i'll say this too if they want to maximize I think what he can do they're gonna have to find some gadget type plays for him you know maybe maybe even like you know shallow crossers or like drag totally. routes even to like just get him the ball while he's moving um and and show off a little bit of that athleticism you know uh just to kind of just to kind of get him loose a little bit I think would be would behoove him uh very much Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. 
Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about Kansas City here because, again, I started off the show by saying we want to love someone in Kansas City. That's a wide receiver. We just want to, you know? And, and right now there's a lot of uh, – there, there's a, there seems to be a lot of digital ink being, you know, written about guys like Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross – so let's start there. Buy or sell Justin Ross as a sleeper. This guy ran 18 routes, had five targets, two catches for 29 yards, and a touchdown. There's been a steady – look, th- people love talking about this in fantasy, a steady drumbeat, if you will, regarding Justin Ross. Just, I, I've, you know, Again, people talk about Justin Ross as a, as a player that could potentially be a starting X receiver or be, just basically be a big part of this offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. Buy or sell Justin Ross as a sleeper, Matt Harmon. Uh, look, okay, I think it's just not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just not Fair. that simple because okay. here, here's what I will say with Justin Ross. Like, dude, if this guy makes the freaking roster, that's a win. Like, just the fact that we're seeing him play a real football game. I mean, okay, back to, back to real adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Real adjacent for Justin Ross. Uh, playing a uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs in preseason, it's a huge win. This guy uh, missed his entire rookie season. He was on injured reserve uh, after being selected as an undrafted free agent. We know that um, he had so many injury issues. Uh, like uh, he missed the entire 2020 season after having a dynamic freshman season in 2018. Yeah, um, and then 2019. You know he has he has a year as well. And it was like 2019. He has a not as good of a season, but he was the, one of the best, one of the best freshman receivers ever, right? Like when he had one of the best freshman uh, receiving seasons of all time, did Justin Ross, um, you know, like Scott Baird has pointed out that like his yards per route run as a, as a freshman was just like absolutely insane. Uh, the, especially because he was playing with like T Higgins and Hunter Renfro, like guys who yeah, 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 yeah. became good players in the NFL. Like it wasn't as if he was competing with just like nobodies, but in 2020, he missed the entire season due to a congenital fusion condition of his neck and spine that required surgery. Sounds pretty serious uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, for, for Justin Ross. And I think, look, when he came back in 2021 20, uh, and he was dealing with like more injury issues then, I, the reception perception stuff wasn't good for Justin Ross in his final uh, collegiate season. Like I'll just say that, like coming to the draft that mm-hmm. year. But again, was it because he's dealing with injuries? I would say probably so. Um, yeah. So I, it's just... Him even being like on the roster would be a huge win for for Justin Ross, and like we should all be rooting for Justin Ross to to do that, right? And to somehow, if he recaptures his early career form, like yeah, we're talking about a great prospect. So, um, but at this point, I do expect him to make the roster. I don't expect him to start uh, because one thing we definitely learned in the first preseason game is like I think there's a clear three receiver set right now. And by God, it's MVS, Sky Moore, and still somehow Justin Watson for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> like, that's the three-receiver set. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, Rasheed Rice mixed in time with the starters. But yep. the three-receiver the three receiver set, I think, right now is MVS, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson. And, like, um, Andy Reid loves talk- Justin Watson. I don't really get I it, know. but it is what I it know. is. I know. I mean, he plays, like, 90% of the snaps and sees, like, one target a game. It's insane. Um but you talk about the injuries, not only the congenital sp- uh, spinal fusion uh, surgery that made him miss 2020, but then he missed his entire rookie campaign with a foot surgery, right? So this is, again, you're talking about the, the injury history really stacking up 
for for Justin Ross. So yeah, uh, this is it's it's an uphill battle for him certainly. But man, I just again, man, just seeing the training camp videos and, and the reporters and stuff talking about Justin Ross, then he goes out there and, and scores a touchdown. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. Like I said, you want to you want to love somebody in this Kansas City um, wide receiver room. It, for me personally, it's Sky Moore. I just think he he me brings too. the most versatility. Um, but again, Rasheed Rice is somebody that you profiled from a collegiate standpoint. Um, he saw some time with the starters. He 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 ran seventeen routes, earned four targets, got three catches for thirty yards. Uh, Rasheed Rice is, is he a sleeper? Um, that folks should be taking a little bit more seriously. Rasheed Rice, pretty similar to um, Justin Ross, that you know, he, I think the, his reception perception profile is pretty injury tainted um, because he was playing with he was also playing with a foot injury during uh, that final collegiate season. And and weirdly, like I remember, he was kind of like, oh, he's going to be the like a big slot receiver, like because Brett Veach like made a kind of comparison to his after catch stuff to like how Juju worked as their slot receiver. But I kind of think he's like a like he's an outside receiver to me. I think Rasheed Rice. I'm not sure what his slot rate was, uh, yeah, in, in in the preseason, but I think he's a guy that you do want to get him going after the catch because I think he brings uh, some juice there. Like I think that's probably where you're going to get the most out of him. But like the stuff I really want him to kind of develop on is you know as a nine route runner. Like he ran a ton of nine routes uh, in it's SMU. He was mostly a pure vertical route guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not, maybe I'm wrong. That's not his best game, but like, you know, he, they threw to him a ton of contested situations and he showed flashes of it, not consistent flashes, but, cons- but some flashes. Like, I think he should be an outside player for them. And like Skymore is their slot flanker. And, you know, I think Rasheed Rice is probably still a developmental guy because he's coming from a lower level, just like Skymore was coming from a lower level. Right. But like, you're hoping that like Rasheed Rice is like pushing Justin Watson or somebody, um, <laughs> you know, to, to, to by the end of his rookie season. Um, 6'1", 204 pounds, athletic profile, very interesting. He ran a 4.51, which is not great, but I think that's fine. Um, at 204 pounds, you'd like to see it, you know, maybe cracking, you know, the four or five barrier, but that's okay. Uh, what you like is the 41 inch vertical though. That, that, that shows to me a lot of short area burst. Um, and I think you see it in his game tape too. He's got some, he's got some moves, man. Um, you know, he can shake free a little bit. Now, how much of that is the fact that he's playing at a lower level? Eh, Hard to say, but I I will say this. I, I like the fact that he can adjust to the ball in the air. Uh, I thought he had good body control. I thought he's got pretty good hands. Uh, what was his contested catch rate at, at SMU there, Matt? Oh, it was like sub 60%. It was not consistent. Like that was the thing with him was it was not consistent. I mean, he didn't have good quarterback play either. Like some of those passes right. could have been better. He had to win. He had to really attempt a lot of high degree of difficulty contested right. catches. But um, I do think he shows the flashes of being a good player there. Just the growth and development has to take place. We've talked about this a lot on this program, too, is the fact that rookie receivers, rookie players in Andy Reid offense generally don't do anything. You know, even the great Tyree Kill, you know, will slow out the gates. So maybe that is the way with Rasheed Rice as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in Sky Moore. Did you see anything from from that preseason action that 
uh, you know, either gave you concern or you said, yeah, okay, this is, you know, it, it's guy more. He, he can, he can do some things. Not, not really. I'll just say this. I'm, I'm going to have sky more in the article 10 wide receivers, uh, reception perception likes ahead of consensus, mm-hmm. uh, this year for, for fantasy. Uh, I really like sky. I've warmed up to sky more a lot over the course of the process. And I expect him to lead the receivers and targets with a pretty decent gap at this point. Um, I think yeah. sky more is a guy that like, Same. You get into like the later-ish, mid, mid to late rounds, more later rounds of your fantasy drafts. Like I think you should be taking him uh, with some confidence there. And I don't know what his ceiling is necessarily from a production standpoint. You know, we know that Travis Kelsey is still going to be the lead uh, receiver on this team, but I do think yep. I've really warmed to Sky more as a guy that I think is going to lead the lead the team, uh, receive lead the receiver room and targets and catches and yards most likely this year. Look, Juju was. Really good for the Chiefs last year. He wasn't good in fantasy because he didn't catch touchdowns, but he was a good, reliable player for the Chiefs. He was easily their oh, best yeah. receiver last year. You know, he's a zone beater. I actually think Sky Moore has more ability to beat press man coverage than uh, than Juju Smith-Schuster did. But and I think we'll see some of that as like a more dynamic slot and flanker player with his ability to beat man and press coverage. But you know, it wasn't that it wasn't like a fantasy juicy uh, role again for Juju yeah. Smith Schuster. So we'll see for Sky more. But I think even if he's what Juju was last year, he's going to be um, that's a more win. valuable than his ADP or whatever. Yeah, that's a win. I think I think that's a win. Sky's going so late. He's he's going so late in drafts. People don't want to believe uh, that Sky Moore could be this guy. They really want um, you know some kind of outside player to to kind of sort of take the control and take the reins of this Kansas city offense. And that's why I think people have gravitated and listen, I'm guilty of it too. I love X receivers. You know me, you know me. Yeah. I love X receivers, you know, but Rasheed rice being a, a rookie in the Kansas city chiefs, you know, offensive system, ah, I'll pass. Uh, and then again, Justin Ross, all the injuries and all that kind of stuff that it's interesting at least. Um, and it's worth the conversation. Uh, he's a player that uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye, a, a very close eye on, um, for Kansas City in 2023. All right, so there you go, man. I, I, these are some of the takeaways that um, that Matt and I were kind of observing here for some high-profile names. When we come back to you in a couple of days, man, we'll, we'll talk about some more players. Um, certainly, I think JSN uh, had a good you know preseason too. Jordan Addison's usage I thought was really interesting too. Uh, and then Jaden Reed, another rookie there in Green Bay. Guys that we're going to be profiling here in the next few days and in the coming weeks as we fast approach week one of the NFL. All right. If you have stuck with us this long, man, we appreciate y'all, man. If you guys could just you know, subscribe to the show, that'd be awesome. If you guys could rate and review the show, that would help us a lot in terms of discoverability and those kind of things, man. Uh, but, but again, I, Matt, I, I just... You know, we got off the phone or we had a big meeting last week with the folks from Odyssey and the growth of this podcast has been really incredible. And man, I, I just want to thank all the listeners out there uh, for sticking with us in this offseason and, and, and helping the show grow to be what it's been, uh, you know, over the past month or so. Yeah, I'm very grateful everybody kind of giving the show a chance because, you know, it's like... It, I think it. I think we provide good information, but I also think we have a lot of fun, right? I mean, you and I talking is just easy. So it's, yeah, it's like everything else is every other podcast. You got to put some work in, but like you know, chopping it up with James and not saying that we don't put work in on this podcast, but you know, chopping it up with James and <laughs> talking about receivers is like that's just easy. It's natural, right? Um, so I, I appreciate everybody giving us a chance, and and look, hopefully, uh, 
this is just the beginning, right? Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. very excited for where this podcast can go. And it's just great to, great to be able to kind of, I think, look, even if you subscribe to the site, the reception perception site, and you read every profile, like I still think the information us like talking it out and bringing like, like we talked about Quentin Johnston's contested, like I wrote three sentences on that, right? Like, and you yeah, see yeah, the yeah, data yeah. point, but like, Hearing us, I think, unpack it hopefully is also helpful for you to like understand it beyond that. Uh, that's the show. Like I said, man, like and subscribe if you would. That'd be great. By the way, find Matt on YouTube. He's got a great YouTube channel that uh, highlights a lot of these podcast clips for you. So there you go. All right, that's the show. We're going to be back with you here in a couple of days. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. And remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 